0: Welcome to another edition of the Card Authority MiniCast, AJ. Once again, thank you for being on the
1: show. Absolutely, my man. Great to be back in the seat and recording with you again. And uh, what a, what an opportunity and uh, what an episode coming up here with this next special guest.
0: Well, look, we'll jump straight into it. We're very lucky to have Grayson from Cherry. Grayson, welcome to the Card Authority Podcast.
2: Afternoon guys. Um just uh, got an issue. I haven't got any video showing. Is uh, is it yep. okay at your end or yeah,
0: we're all good, mate. We've got you here, so thank you. We can see you and, and thanks again for making some time for us. Not a problem. Um look, we'll get straight into it, Grayson. For the for the listeners that or the viewers should I say that perhaps are new into the industry, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and how Cherry Collectibles sort of came to be?
2: Yeah, um well uh, myself, I grew up in Tasmania and uh, had a, a keen interest in cards growing up. I worked in, I did my work experience uh, at high school in a card shop. Um, I spent my childhood, um, you know, finding loose coins around the house and buying packs of cards. Um, so I, I definitely was had a close affinity with cards, but um, I always uh, had a... Uh, Had a direction to head into horse racing, Um, spent my life working in the horse racing industry and then moved to Melbourne to work in the horse racing industry. But unfortunately, uh, with the uh, global financial crisis, I was uh, thrust out into the unemployed um, sector. And uh, the only way I could make ends meet was um, building uh, small websites um, in the basement of a... Property that I think was used for um, Blue healers episodes to do with abductions. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that was rock bottom. Um,
0: yep. Was well, pretty albeit,
2: close. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> I could see I could see the rocks, uh, <laughs> um, but I was surrounded by really uh, amazing people, and um, I had uh, a, a, a little like off that uh, perhaps I should look at doing something with cards again. It had been a few years. So um, cherry, That I guess a little seed of cherry was planted.
0: Okay, great. So obviously you've had a huge interest in it and you've well and truly become one of the, I guess, one of the leaders in the industry. There's absolutely no doubt about it. You've got a huge store here in Melbourne. Um, you know, you guys have got, you know, all the breaks, all the stock, all that sort of stuff. So you're well and truly one of the market leaders. And I guess that sort of moves straight into talking about, I guess, the the hot topic at the moment, dominance. You guys were certainly very proactive and very aggressive about getting involved. You know, Select, as we've congratulated and you've congratulated over your social media, put out an extremely well-crafted product, this release. What caught your attention early on about it, about why it was going to be so successful?
2: early on the, and we kind of knew it was coming, but the, uh, the captain's signature checklist was going to be, um, extremely popular. Yep. Um, the, uh, when we first saw the checklist, uh, the, the high flyers checklist, I think, uh, really made everyone's, uh, the hairs on the back of the next, uh, sit up with, um, so many amazing uh, legends in that set. And, um, and we probably, uh, started to get the inkling with uh, sets like the Influentials and the Dominance that uh, there was a real shift towards that limited production run product, which we've seen Panini um, and Tops uh, deliver so well uh, in our uh, wider sort of card categories. Um, so yeah, I think that th- those elements in particular made us feel that this was going to be a-, a popular release.
0: And you guys as a business made a very, and I use the word aggressive in a, in not a negative context, Mm. but a very strong and positive move to acquire as much stock as you could pretty much on day one. You put out a bounty for $4,000 a case. Um, Obviously there was limited release. There weren't many cases around. Um, Was this just a, a simple attempt to gain stock or is there a bigger picture play here of why you wanted to, accelerate and help the market mature? Um, it was definitely to get
2: stock. Um, you know, ideally we would have, you know, the, the amount of stock that we'd require for the first three months, uh, tucked away with our wholesale relationships. Um, unfortunately, uh, there were, uh, factors, um uh, with the, series one release uh and our order for the series one release had to be cut back um by like i think we ended up getting about 20 percent of what our original order was um due to uh importing issues with i think the first wave of covid um so we weren't in a position to get the volume um wholesale that we would normally move through quite easily and as as it turned out we actually would have needed a lot more as well which we kind of thought we would um, so we knew that we were playing way behind the eight ball. Um, when the smoke clears from this release, we'll have sold probably half of what we should have. Um, and at the end of the day, um, that's, uh, even if we sold it for double, if we sold it for a thousand dollars a box, we wouldn't uh, turn over the, the revenue from uh, this collection that realistically we need to, um, you know, to have a team of, of 10 people, uh, you, need, you need to be able to move volume and um, ideally the way that's uh, done is that we'd sell 200 cases at uh, retail price, um, mm-hmm. which makes it easier to sell, cut more customers buy, and we're able to sell more volume. And um, uh, unfortunately, you know, things worked against us that we knew that we couldn't do that. So we had to uh, go to plan B
0: yeah. And when, when you acquire that sort of volume of stock, is the majority of that to be, and I guess that's split up in different factors for your business, but both Adam and I were talking about previously that it's been fantastic that you've been able to get so much single stock available up on eBay and on your website so people can acquire those missing cards. But it's also a big part of that as well, doing breaks and selling packets and boxes and things like that. Like where was the where was the main source of where you were going to move this stock that you got?
2: Ah, uh, well, it's hard to say. You um, kind of you 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 see where where the best value propositions are. Um, realistically, we like to break down about ten to fifteen percent of our stock for singles, um, and then that just uh, increases the amount of touch points, the amount of different customers that we can, sure. um, you know, provide hopefully really good experiences to and and have as ongoing customers in that category. Um, the when, it, when you have something like this happen, you really, you just need to let the market show you where it wants the product. Um, football breaks or AFL breaks are not an area where, where, where uh, really strong at the moment. They're, um, they're a slow break. Uh, they are a, a, very difficult to sort break. They take a lot of time to sort. Um, so in terms of an entertainment perspective and a, um, operational perspective, there's, uh, we, we prefer like a supremacy. Um, and ideally we would do more supremacy breaks than we would do this type of product. So, um, end of the day most of our product is going to be uh boxes which we've been doing about two cases worth of boxes a week um and singles which we'll continue to to restock with and um i think we picked up like another four or five cases today at about five thousand dollars each so um you know which is still you know still profitable to break that down and that's a um uh that's you know Shows what a great product that Selective produced.
1: Yeah, so that that leads into quite an interesting topic, which the AFL market, which again is only just really starting to to mature in terms of the AFL trading cards within the the bigger picture of of the hobby and the, the marketplace itself. People are not used to, like, in terms of collectors within the AFL market, are not used to, to those market forces at play in, say, NBA or NFL, where the recommended retail mm. price of the product is not something that is stuck to at a, at a retail turnover level. Um, you know, we saw it happen with supremacy, but it took a while to kick in. Supremacy sold out instantly. Mm. It was the first time it had really happened with the product. However, we didn't see those double price cases or double price boxes really happening for quite a few months afterwards because the people who purchased with intent to turn them over knew it would take time for the, for the value to mature. Whereas this time around very much fueled, I think by the prestige release a couple of months ago and the success of that release, there was a lot of hype. There was a lot of buzz. And certainly with the way the the collation works and the sequencing with the hit structure and the hit guarantees per case, it was very cl- clear that people who are in the business of moving cards could, could work out very quickly that, it would be very difficult to lose both on the singles market, but therefore on the breakers market or the resale market as well. I suppose it's one of those things is at what point does it hit a ceiling? Because MBA cards are very different. You can open a $5,000 case or box of MBA cards and hit something you've only, you've got less than 1% chance of hitting it, but you can hit something worth tens of thousands or potentially hundreds of thousands of dollars in an AFL product. Your, your risk is not as significant because there's more valued hits available, but the value of the individual hit itself is never going to be up there with what the NBA stuff is. So, so at what point does it create a ceiling? Like you just said, you've bought cases at 5,000 now, and I'm starting to think to myself, well, how much further can, can you go and how much further can the market go? Or are we going to see singles reprice here? Is that what, is that, is that going to be a, a factor in all this as well?
2: A really, I mean, a good question and, and good, um, uh, you know, overlook. The, the singles, you you can see a new singles pricing. I mean, the pricing that we've been getting for many of our singles um, has eclipsed any AFL single pricing. I mean, I think you probably go back pre-1968 to, to find cards that are selling at this price. Yeah. And um, yeah. it, it's a... It's a a serious price. We we sold um, one the other day, one of the zero ones um, for over $3,000. So um, the uh, cards that probably would have sold for four or 500 last year are getting pushing to a thousand. So I think the singles are being repriced. I don't know how much further it goes. The difficulty with AFL obviously is that it's not global. The players are never going to be global athletes. Um, You know, there's the odd exception of a of a um, Ben Graham or a Anthony Rocker, um, but generally speaking, um, they're staying here. Uh, so uh, I think that I think that the box values are probably going to struggle to get over a thousand. Um, I think that they're probably going to get close to seven hundred. If I had to pick a number, wow. um, the the, the singles is a really interesting point though, because no one's opening this product. Um, so there's so much sealed stock that there's going to be so much less singles, uh, in a few months, people that were sitting on the fence about, you know, their influentials or their dominance, are going to start to get itchy. Uh, that's right. So, yeah it's going to be a really interesting uh, point the nba's nba is a far less volatile market than people think uh luka doncic was hitting 30 point no you know 23 points a game uh he was an absolute all star he was on track to definitely play finals in the first few years of his everything was going great with luka doncic you could buy optic contenders basketball boxes for 100 US, $98 US if you got a really good negotiator. Um, they didn't move. Now they're 1000 US a year later. Um, mm. They were, it's, it, it's not, it, the, this market surge, I don't think necessarily is just NBA related. I think it's, it's just market related. Um, totally. So, totally. yeah. So, I, I, I think that it doesn't matter so much whether the AFL's global or whether the products, et cetera. The market is just bigger than the uh, product at the moment. And um, and on the flip side of that is that Grant <laughs> decided to go tight this year with his production run. So, he didn't have a lot of cases. It was probably COVID related. I'm not sure. Um, really oh. tight. And, yeah wasn't
1: much again I think a lot of that is select is also sticking to what their production runs have been historically for the last couple of years and I definitely from from an outsider's perspective it looks like they're trying to go down the path of their the international operators like panini where it's not making the same mistakes of the the 90s I suppose where you're doing more series but lower production runs so therefore the cards become more finite and you've got a, a better mm-hmm. ratio of Collectors, speculators, investors versus the actual volume of cards within the marketplace. And I think the big winning thing, I think, with AFL and what's critical to AFL because there's so much team collecting involved as opposed to player collecting or random collecting at different points based on performance. It's a very, it's a team based collecting standpoint for the most part is the numbering. The numbering is so critical. We, you know, the, the, if a card's numbered to 40 or numbered to 80 or numbered to 300, it's it's a huge determining factor to the price. Whereas in NBA, for example, a base rookie card, which has no numbering and no one really has any idea how many have been produced or in circulation can have a much higher value than a card that could be even a one of one. So it's, uh, mm. it's a very, it's a different space where I absolutely agree with that broad sentiment. And it's certainly something I've been preaching for a while now that, the market in general is growing. It's not just sports cards related. It's not trading cards related. It's collectible, tangible objects. It's not just from a hobby perspective. People are looking at different places to park their money at the moment. There's alternate asset investment going on. There's all sorts of factors. And that's connected with COVID. And it's all been this perfect storm that's all come together um, on the global, global and an impact of the global sports card scene. And certainly, we are feeling it in Australia, and you know people talk about the bubble, but I think this is this is going. this isn't going to burst tomorrow. it's not going to burst last week like lots of people told me, and it's not going to burst in a month's time. People are so invested in this now, and I get more inquiries today from members of my friendship groups and the you know the broader community than what I did last week and the week before and and the two months before that, but it was only probably six months ago that one of my mates even mentioned something about cards with me. It's now the cool thing to talk about at the moment. So it's, and there's people from all walks of life coming in and you're seeing it and people are loving it. They're enjoying all aspects of it. And um, I think one of the things I've noticed, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this as well without uh, dragging the conversation out. um, I've got a lot of friends who who have come in out of an interest perspective because they heard cards were a good thing at the moment and values were going up. And they came in with the intent to want to make some money in some way, shape or form, but they very quickly turned, turned into a collector once they received that physical, tangible object. So the the importance of the physicality of it. And I think that's one area where AFL seems to be getting it pretty right at the moment is the quality of the product that's coming out.
2: That is amazing. Um, Yeah. I mean, the, we get a huge amount of feedback um, and, uh, and generally speaking that feedback you know obviously about fulfillment and got my stuff quick uh you know loved your packaging um you know thank you for this assist- you get all that sort of stuff but we do get a lot of people that that are that want to know how best to collect the products and what's what's a set i can collect and um you know if i'm collecting you know how should i go about x y or z so I think that there's a, a perception maybe that there's all these people suddenly in the marketplace that just want to make money. Um, but, you know, um, the the reality is that uh, like it was in 1994, there's a really good segment of, of everything. And, uh, you know, Panini uh, are focused on younger collectors. You know, they've got... Um, massive dollars into sticker sets, massive dollars into, you know, sets that almost offer no value. Zion Rookie might still sell for $10, but for the most part, they're just a really um, collectible playing card. Um, you know, select, obviously, you know, produce, um, you know, their footy stars set. And uh, for the most part, that's a collectible set. So I think that the the manufacturers uh, are pretty focused on this still being, you know, uh, fundamentally collecting. So, um, I just want to just quickly say to you guys, I don't know if this is a complete live broadcast or anything, but the, um, I'm looking at a black screen and, and so if I'm off camera,
1: if I'm no, you're, 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 perfect. Like, you're perfect, I do apologize. You're yeah, you're um, perfect. It's all good, and it's being recorded as well. So that's uh, yeah. that's all good. We try not to edit much, um, and and hopefully we won't have to. But uh, yeah, it's all
0: well, good. Well, we might we might edit out some of Adam's ramblings, but yes, we won't edit out any that's of your right. stuff, G. That's fine.
1: Um, Look, <laughs> we, we won't hold you <laughs> out much longer. But I guess we'll
0: probably a, a more of a, really. a, a crystal ball sort of question. <clears throat> where do you see not only the industry and how it's maturing, but where do you see Cherry in the whole scheme of things in twelve, eighteen? You know, months, five years down the track.
2: You're trying to give me an anxiety attack. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're we're really positive about uh, this whole um, this whole boom, um, this bubble, whatever you want to call it. Um, we've been investing literally uh, since two thousand and sixteen in building a really good foundation. And, uh, you know, I'm lucky. I've got a team of nearly 10 people, um, that are passionate that, you know, turn up early leave late, that, you know, pull our heads in any time someone starts to do something that they don't think is, um, you know, in the best interest of the customer. Um, yeah, you know, we, we fight amongst each other in terms of what we want, uh, to create next. Um, and then when things aren't working normally within a day or two, we're sort of, you know, punching each other and, and saying that, uh, we should have done this. And he, you know, even, I think we, uh, Blake listed a, a dual AFL box break with a prestige and a dominance. And uh, it was maybe taking a little bit longer to fill than a dominance break, and he was already copying it, it as a bad idea. <laughs> um, but we're constantly looking for those for something else we can do that's going to maybe just add a little bit more value. And particularly during COVID, with um, soaring box prices um, and slow fulfillment times and slow support times, etc., we've really been challenged to work out how we can uh, keep improving. Um, we're currently getting our site uh, redesigned and we're hoping to launch that with uh, a few new services early next year Um, Tops are really keen to uh, improve their footprint um, for baseball and uh, entertainment releases Um, Panini's given us a huge amount of support um, unprecedented support with soccer uh we're going to have uh, so much um uefa euro 2020 um and i think already we've put uh maybe 5 6 cases of that into the marketplace um i don't think anyone else in the world has actually listed it yet uh, if they have listed it they haven't sold any um so you know we think that this market in general despite not having enough um is in a, play, in a position that, um, that you know, is really good. And I think uh, as NFL continues to grow off the back of Chua, off the back of Joe Burrow, as soccer continues to grow off the back of Greenwood and Mbappe, um, I think that the, this, uh, this uh, bubble will, uh, may, you know, it may shrink a little bit, but it's not, it's not gonna pop. So I'm positive.
0: Excellent. Well, look, yeah, we're certainly very positive too. And that's one of the, I guess, the reasons why we've started to move forward with the card authority, because we really believe that this is a growing, maturing industry, that there's a whole heap of opportunities to not only educate and support people, but also just help them enjoy and, you know, have as much fun as they can in the in the industry. So, look, Grayson, thank you very much for joining us today. Um, if everyone out there wants to go and have a look at all the things that Cherry offers, check out cherrycollectibles.com.au. They're on all the social channels. Um, I'm sure Grayson and his team will be able to help you out with anything you need. But um, once again, Grayson, thank you very much for joining us on the Card Authority Podcast.
2: Yeah, no worries, man. I just want to just jump in there too. that um, uh, One of the feedbacks we have had with AFO and particular um, is around singles pricing and this goes for most of our singles Uh, we literally have like 20,000 individual uh, singles items and we made a decision uh, some time ago many years ago now in fact that we needed to be pricing singles to uh, essentially um, make it uh, much easier on our lives Uh, and that is that we can't reprice them all the time so we often have a buffer um, which we don't normally need to assess um, 20, 25%. Sometimes cards will be right on point, but most of the time it's 20, 25%-ish. So um, please hit that make an offer button. It costs yep. cost us a fortune to have it there, whether it's on eBay yep. or on the website. Uh, but uh, we expect you to, and please don't be offended by any pricing. It's, um, it's purely so that, that we don't need to spend all of our working lives repricing our cards. Yep, yep. That's,
1: uh, and, and that's yeah, that's a great tip, yeah. And you've talked about that before. And that's certainly something I tell a lot of people because you guys obviously bust a lot of stock and you have a lot of very nice singles and desirable singles on the market. Mm. And you've always preached, we set our, our, our target price very high, but we do take offers. Our expectation is people will make an offer on it. So please come and do so. And that's certainly something I reiterate and, uh, I'm glad that you just said the 25% market because that seems to be what I'm telling people about your cards as well is uh, make them an offer it's at bad. about 25% below and it'll, it'll be likely to get accepted uh, most days of the week. So uh, fantastic stuff. stuff there. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's a really exciting time and I know AJ agrees as well. And I think you do too, uh, especially for our domestic AFL market, which we're very entrenched in. It's a real exciting time ahead. Right. As you, as you said, like, you know the the prices may be going up but the quality is also going up as well and it's a reflection of the marketplace and people really at a from you know mentality perspective really just need to to understand the market conditions and move with those market forces as well if it was $400 yesterday it doesn't mean it's going to be $400 forever so yeah spot
2: on and um yeah congratulations to grant select they've uh, they've done a great job and um and Everyone wins. That's so great.
0: Absolutely. Well, mate, thank you very much for your time. Really, really appreciate it.
1: i to be so guys.
2: Thanks for having me on.
1: Cheers. We'll see you in the store once uh we're allowed to visit yeah, again. Once we're allowed. To, that's
2: right. <laughs> once the door's open. <laughs> yeah. See you later. I've got to
1: go check, check Thanks, my too. break results quickly from last night. Thanks, mate. <laughs>